generations of family go head to head on a variety of topics. You got one Gen Zer, and that would be Chris. You got one millennial, Noe. And you got one BBB, the baby boomer from Brooklyn. BK all day, Kaya. No matter what the topic may be, you better believe it'll be up for debate. Fab Maven, the official brand of the Maven movement, a bold and unapologetic brand for the culture that uplifts and empowers. A brand that says, we got something to say. So go to fabmaven.com right after this episode and get your shop on. All right, gentlemen, today's topic of debate is the NBA. Not just the NBA, the king of the NBA. I wore my Golden State Warrior shirt just because of the fact that they are going back to the top. But you know, it's not about the Warriors. It is about King James. I'm not talking about the Bible. Not even talking about the verse. But I'm talking about the chapter called I Run Tings. Okay? (laughs) The topic of debate today is, does he really run the NBA? After recent events of him getting some Pacers fans ejected from the stadium for their nasty remarks. It's a a multi-topic debate. Is LeBron... Adam Silver. Adam Silver, yes. And should fans be allowed to say whatever they want because they pay tickets to see the players? Who's first? Are we doing this age before beauty thing again? I feel like that's a... I mean, unless you have a, a yearning in your spirit to go first, you know, what, whatever. I mean, because of the fact that Noe is the resident LeBron James fan, I think that he should go first. That's a great point. <laughs> well, but, all right. So, does LeBron run the NBA? I think it kind of depends on what we're talking about. Now, is he the greatest player? Yeah, in my eyes. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. However, if we're just talking about simply just his NBA power, I don't want to say he runs the NBA because I definitely think, nah, he doesn't run the NBA. I don't think so. I don't think anybody runs the NBA because I don't really think the NBA is, it's not at a place where it was in the 90s where it was being built and they they were trying to, you know, gain a demographic or remove a demographic or, you know, to, for lack of a better word, cater to the white audience. I think we're well past that. I think he's definitely been the face of change in the NBA in regards to players getting their money and things like that. But I wouldn't necessarily say he runs the NBA. Now, I'm sure if you ask NBA players that they will 1000% disagree with me. Um, but no, I don't think he runs the NBA. Not at all. I don't, but it's kind of weird because at the same time, the face of the league, your best player in the league, Kobe's, the Jordans, the LeBron's, the Magic's, the Birds, they're going to have more power than most people in the league just by default because of the money they bring in, what they represent, how much they generate, you know, their box office. So I guess there's power in the dollars, powers in the power in the sponsorships and everything that come with that. So he has power, but he doesn't run it. I think Adam Silver definitely makes it clear that he runs the NBA in a good way. 
How so? Because he's at one, he's a player's commissioner. Mm-hmm. He's definitely open to see what the players want to do. He's definitely open to trying things. There's a ton of stuff that he's done. LeBron hasn't like, like the play-in. LeBron is not a fan of the play-in, but Adam Silver insists like we're keeping that. Um, the all-star game, the different changes they made with that to kind of get it to be better. You know, Adam Silver is just, he's willing to tinker with things, whether players like it or not. The vaccine mandates and different things like that, just being able to get people back in the stands, generate some more money, get people paid, not lose any more money. I mean, there's a lot of players who didn't like it. There's a lot of players who didn't like the start of the season. And that kind of comes down to the collective bargaining agreement and, you know, the um, NBA players associated and having all that. But I mean, Adam Silver is the commissioner. So it kind of the buck stops with him to some degree. But yeah, I definitely think he makes it clear like he's in control of things outside of the owners. As for the fans, getting a fan thrown out for saying something crazy, that's not really a power move. That's kind of just a matter of you just because you bought a ticket, you know, courtside and you're well off and whatever the case would be, it doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to people. At the end of the day, if I walked into your office, because when you think about it, he's at work in all reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I came to your office and started wilding out on you and your kids and all that other stuff or whatever, it wouldn't really fly. You look at me like I was crazy. And be like, yo, somebody escort this dude out of here. Same thing applies. But a part of me feels like there's that that race thing where, you know, the wealthy people who show up feel like, you know, come on, dance, boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's that element to it. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with him getting folks thrown out. I think that's the second time he's done that. But mm-hmm. from what I read, they said some pretty over-the-top things to him. So, Do you want to expound on what they said? or? I mean, from what I was reading, um, it was there was a few people in the crowd who were saying things to him. And there was the two that were ejected or removed from the crowd that were specifically, I believe the man said, if I remember correctly, that he hopes his son dies in a car wreck. And then the woman um, called his son a bitch or something like that. So it was just extra. And you kind of knew that because once you saw how mad he was, because he's not really like that. He's not the type that really gets fans thrown out or you doesn't, he's not demonstrative in that way. So once you kind of saw the way he was acting, like, this dude ran down the court to get the referee and was just like nah these motherfuckers right here and Mm -hmm. i was just like oh Mm -hmm. he's mad for real and then when you see what was said you're like ah but there's so many arenas that are like that though indiana being one of them utah Mm -hmm. a lot of those places people just feel they can say and do whatever they want because they bought a ticket especially if they they're sitting at the courtside um, well, before I even say anything, I guess I would rather pose a question to kind of narrow down our focus on what it is that we're trying to get at when we talk about LeBron. So, like, what do you believe is the difference, if any, between power and influence? The power, I feel that it creates change. You know, just ask Ghost and Tommy, you know. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. But influence, it creates a team, a team effort. You know what I'm saying? If you influence me, to, then that means, you know what, I want to 
do things that, you know, are like-minded to what you do. But Mm -hmm. if you say, I changed my mind, the color's red, you know, that's power. Okay. So would you say LeBron is more of a power figure or an influential figure? And are you, are we differentiating between his influence or power within his respective organization or the NBA itself? Well, if, um, because I feel like you asking me questions that's a part of my debate. So, or you're asking us questions that's a part of my debate. So like, I don't know how to answer because some of the things that you're asking, I was going to expound upon in my uh, oration. Well, I mean, it's more or less uh, open for conversation question, but simultaneously acting as something to kind of pinpoint as opposed to you know, so that okay. everybody's on the same page in terms of how Well, let me say this and then you can ask your questions. Okay. All right. So in my opinion, I don't, I don't want to say that LeBron runs the NBA, mm-hmm. but um, globally, when you think of NBA, you think of LeBron. The same way when you th- think of NBA, God bless the soul. You think of Kobe. Mm-hmm. You think of Jordan. Like these are the 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 key figures that kind of stand out to those who don't know basketball, who um, never picked up a basketball or even watched a game, but they know these names. You know what I'm saying? You know, someone like Isaiah Stewart, they'd be like, "Who yeah. is he a rapper?" You know, they they won't know exactly who he is and what team he played on if he plays for. You know what I'm saying? So you have that. Now, um, LeBron was very, 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 very powerful and instrumental when it came to the Black Lives Matter movement and justice and acknowledgement of what we as um, a society, a, a culture and a people go through on a daily basis. And when he said, we not playing, he tweeted, excuse me, we not playing or whatever he said. I'm I'm um, paraphrasing, but when he said that, they stopped playing. That's power. Now, granted, they started again in like two, three days or a week or something like that. It didn't last long, but mm. when he said it, it created change. And then when they came back, it wasn't just like okay, we're going to come back playing as usual, because if you have these leagues that are predominantly people of color, people that are black. When social injustice goes on, you can no longer stand um, aside and be like, this that has nothing to do with me. This is um, uh, beyond my, uh, not even beyond, this is beneath my financial bracket. This has nothing to do with me or my status in life. So a lot of people look to LeBron to see what does he say? Like even with the Kyrie Irving thing, they all, they wanted to know, what does he say? He's just like, look, I did what I had to do with my family. We're good. We got vaccinated, you know, but they look to LeBron to see what he said. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, he's the captain of the NBA. He may not be the Adam Silver, but he is very, very instrumental and influential and powerful when it comes to 
decisions being made as far as the finances. You well, know, I think that's the main thing too. Yeah. And, and that, that's the biggest thing because he knows his worth and he wants other players because I believe the, the stats are NBA players literally go broke within a few years, a few years after retiring. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the financial financial acumen to actually become wealthier within their uh, lifetime or create generational wealth. And he's just like, no, nah, we ain't going to ball out. You're going to ball up. You know what I'm saying? And to that, because I always, when especially when um, Cleveland was going against uh, Golden State and LeBron was a whiner, I, I always felt that he was a whiny little um player but i respect his gangster you know what i'm saying i respect the fact that he has the same wife same woman that he was with since he was a a teenager i respect the fact that he's a father he does what he got to do for his kids he he, he literally single-handedly changed his community you know what i'm saying and p he doesn't get a lot of credit for that like you don't hear no scandals about lebron cheating or his wife. You see them together. He looked like he loved her. She looked like she loved him. Now it may not be perfect, but when you look at them, you'd be like, damn, that's what's up. Black woman, black children, a black father doing a damn thing and running things and putting his people on. He did not just become a player. He put his people on. He had the, the others teach his, his crew the game. And once they tore his crew the game, he was like, all right, bye-bye. We're going to have my crew um, take over now. And he put his crew in positions of power. That's what you're supposed to do. That's power. So he don't run the NBA, but he run the NBA. Okay, I'm done. I think he runs mm-hmm. the NBA. In a, it's kind of weird because his influence is strong. I think he has power amongst the players, but I think he has a stronger, he has a strong influence among like maybe the, the GMs and the league itself. Yeah. So yeah. the power amongst the players is things like, hey, look, you know, we'll find a way to do something in the bubble, like with him, because he's a part of all of it, whether it's him, it's Chris Paul, it's Dwayne Wade, it's Mello, you know, they'll get up and they'll, give their speech at the ESPYs. They'll figure something out for the league. They'll, you know, they just, he's always a part of whatever the league, and obviously if you're the face of the league or one of the main faces, you're going to have to be a part of it. And two, it's very different when you're either about to be a billionaire or are a billionaire and the billionaire owners can't look at you and be like, look, you're just a little whatever. It's like, you're a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I know what time it is. You're not doing anything different from me. So I think just one, being an astute businessman outside the league, the way much of the owners are kind of puts him in a different, and I think you see like Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant and these guys kind of going that route as well. Mm -hmm. But just being able to, and Shaq as well, just being a powerful businessman, I think gives him the influence that he needs with the owners because all of them, except for Michael Jordan are white. Yep. Which is the same reason why I think Michael Jordan has the same kind of power because it's like, look, 
This dude's a black billionaire. He was a player, made a ton of money as a player, made a ton of money as an owner and all this other stuff and investments and business. Magic Johnson is the same way. Mm -hmm. If you're black and you are close to being a billionaire or are, I feel like there's just another level of respect that they seem to have for those kind of people, which is why, for example, at Dwayne Wade becoming part owner of the Miami, not Miami, the um, Utah Jazz, Mm -hmm. to me is great. And I think one thing that's even better is the fact that the Utah Jazz, I think their G League team drafted his son. So I'm all for when people talk about, you know, nepotism or whatever. Look, do what you got to do. Like the whole purpose they, of you being- They've been doing that since 1901. Exactly. They've been doing that so, since 17, 16, so 19, me, matter of fact. It makes perfect. It's That's the whole reason that you're trying to gain power and move up within the ranks of the organization. Now you're in ownership. Your kid plays basketball, get him in there. That's yeah. your job. Yeah. So power, I think power is amongst players. He has a great influence among the owners and the commissioner. Yeah. Which um, is backed by the money that he makes. To me, the, Exactly. I, I forgot to mention that the um, his business partners, he, they're actually trying to purchase an NBA team. And um, yeah, so if he does, if and when he does that, that's going to be big. But I forgot to mention the fans. One thing that Noe said is he's at work. As, as an employee of any company, corporation, organization, when you're in the building, it is the employer's job to make sure that you are protected, you are safe, and you do not feel threatened, or you, you basically that you have a safe work environment, right? So if these people are in the stands because you don't know if they have money, they may not have money. They may have gotten those tickets from their friend's brother who couldn't, you know, who works for some co- company and got those tickets comp to them. But the mere fact that you and your pasty-faced, nose-picking, I was about to say a word, self, thinks that you can speak to a person because you are an opposing team's fan? Get your entire life together. What about if he, What about if LeBron went to your job with all eight foot seven of him? 982 pounds of him what if he went to your job the black the black king james that he is standing over your desk he'd be asking for his autograph exactly (laughs) can we get a selfie can i get your autograph it's all good what i mean if he was at your job yelling at you from wherever he's sitting saying i hope your son dies in a crash i hope you die what do you think they would do? They'd be it terrified. wouldn't be an injection. They would call the police. A big black man is threatening me. And fans, once we started coming back into the stadium after the whole bubble, they lost their mind. Yeah, they, yeah, that's true. That's true. They have lost their. They they have been doing some of the nastiest things to players. And, and LeBron is not um, the only one. It's been happening everywhere. But one thing, <laughs> some some of these NBA players don't have 
that etiquette. They ain't on all LeBron James status. They will literally knock you out. And if that happens, oh, well, they just have to pay a fine. And a few game suspensions, but. It's a suspension, okay. I feel like it, like just with the things that have been happening in the stadiums as of late, this season in particular, this season, last season, it's one of those situations where to me, you might just have to let it happen once. Just let a fan just, just get rah rah. Yeah, just let a fan get crazy. You know what I'm saying? Tell security, hey, just be slow to get this one. <laughs> we're we gonna see what happens. Here. I feel like Ron Artest was a part of a lot of those situations, though. No, am I wrong in that? Because if you remember the the malice in the palace, right. Ron Artest <laughs> turned to run into the stand. And the dude was like, Artest has jumped over the scores table and is trying to get down to the bench. No, it's <laughs> like, like he the, was. Artest is in the stands. Oh, this is all for fans. Like he was the, the, the fan. Yeah, like he turned, he was scared. Terrified. You got a six foot ten, two hundred and sixty five pound muscular, athletic black dude running at you. That's like, all I'm saying. It's that easily his I'm worst saying. nightmare. Easily, hand. It's easily his worst nightmare. But that's what you get for throwing beer at people that weren't bothering you, acting crazy, trying to be fooled. You um, know what I'm saying? Remember that dude that um I think it was in Washington when he literally ran on a court and it was a black security dude. He was like, Shh. Oh yeah. Remember? Like I called him with the mean. Do these people like? They, they was like literally antsy during the pandemic. It was like, wait till I get back in that stadium. Yeah, I don't know what happened over the pandemic, but they came back into the stadiums acting a fool. A fool. A plum fool. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd say if you look very closely from around the time that he left or was about to leave Miami, those two two to three years the farther his hairline went back i'm not doing this is the more powerful he became within the nba he started bringing people with him wherever he went started doing one and done he was he was really that one that to start creating them super teams but look at his hairline and the chips that he won there was a direct correlation between the two look it up Is there? All, all I'm going to say there. is this. First of all, I'm going to let this disrespect slide. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I was waiting for Noe to jump on you. I'm going to let this disrespect slide today. However, I'll say this. Like I said before, I think it's a lot of, it's a strong influence with the owners, just kind of just being a part of the club being in the billionaires club or whatever the case would be, there's influence there. I think there's power amongst the players, or if you want to say his influence over or with the players turns into power mm-hmm. or the influence is power. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to see. I definitely don't think it's power when it comes to the owner. but as far as the league, here's an interesting thing. So you've got clutch sports. They've got a ton of clients. That's his, his um, sports agency. Well, it's rich Paul's agency. Um, you know, they've got Ben Simmons and a whole bunch of other players who are part of it. I think they've branched out to football and maybe baseball at this point. 
and hockey. I know they they're buying. I think the Penguins or something like that. Oh, because I know he has stake. I know NHL he has, team. I know he has ownership in the Boston Red Sox, the Liverpool soccer team. So I wouldn't be surprised by that if he if he's looking in hockey now, because if you remember, and I think this is also this could be a part of the power. I'll actually this is a question I'll post to you guys. So, Rich Paul, you know the super agent that he is. Mm-hmm. No college degree, nothing, but he's an amazing agent. And they tried to create that rule where they were saying that they're not that agents can't you can't be an agent if you don't have a college degree and all this other stuff. The rule was real. They were just trying to implement this rule specifically for LeBron and Rich Paul and the agency because the dude is is coming away with you know all of the good free agents. He's taking over. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And he has Adele. Yeah, and I'm sure they're not happy about that. Now, them trying to implement a rule like that, you would think, I assume, that is probably in response to the power they feel LeBron and his camp have. But again, the power in that is amongst the players because the players are choosing to run with LeBron and Rich. Well, let me not say LeBron because it's he he's not the agent. They're choosing Rich over the other agents mm-hmm. and I feel like they choose LeBron or they choose Rich. Rich because they see the way number one they see the financial power LeBron has what he does you know they're like I want that too exactly and to me I feel like the the power comes the power comes from the financial backing and the wealth that he's established mm-hmm. but I think as players they can they can kind of relate to that in sense where it's like, I see what he did. I can do that too. But everybody's not teaching that. Everybody's not putting their people on. Everybody's not showing you how it's done. Everybody's not creating that outlet or the platform for players to really come sit down, speak and work with you and do that the way that they are at clutch and uninterrupted and the different things that he's doing. So I definitely think there's, he runs the NBA. He, excuse me, he doesn't run the NBA, but he does. So I think that's a, a tie. What say ye, There's young Gen Players Z? and owners. Power mm-hmm. influence. Yep. Matter of fact, we agree with that. So so uh, what's 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 your what do you mean in terms of differentiating the stance between him having a different level of influence and power and different Does he run the does he run things or not? In terms of his influence on managerial staff, 100%, I would say so. I think they look to him as, you know, the key think they look to him as, you know, the key guy to make decisions because he's obviously the one doing what he does when it comes time to win a chip. So obviously, them winning a the chip brings them a crap load of cash and revenue to whatever, you know, the organization needs at the time. So do you think that um, when he was on the Cavs that he was actually the coach and not Tyron? Ty Lue didn't need to be there. He was basically there to be like, break when when, <laughs> when the timeouts was done. So do you think that he was running things? Over I, in, uh, I do Cleveland? not think Ty Lue had any, any, any influence on that Cavaliers team. I disagree from this perspective. I think as the best player on your team, you always have influence. 
levels. You always have a certain level of power. However, I can't take away from the jobs that the coach, the assistant coaches, the player development coaches, the GMs, they all have a job to do. Like LeBron doesn't get on the phone and make trades. Now you're going to ask him, hey, I think we can get this guy, but we have to give up this guy or this guy. What do you think about that? I had to um uh, uh on that no, no. on that on that Cleveland squad because you said LeBron don't get on the phone and make trains on that Cleveland squad right before he left that Cleveland squad changed their their lineup drastically maybe about two or three times uh-huh. and one of the last few times he literally brought everyone that was on the Heat <laughs> to Cleveland. Uh-huh. It was Birdman was there. No, it wasn't. It was Birdman was there. Shumpert was there. Smith was there. Um, Isaiah Thomas wasn't on was the heat. No, but I'm saying like everybody that he, he used bought to play, who he, he wanted. Was, he brought he bought who he wanted. He, wanted. he created he his own team. Everybody they, on that team. They got what was available. Nobody was making <laughs> trades for Come Isaiah. On, son. Don't let's not let's. Dwayne Wade was there. Rodney Hood. Dwayne Dwayne Wade is a given. Look, LeBron went to Miami because Dwayne wasn't trying to come to Cleveland. Now, brother, you got to do me this solid and come to Cleveland. Okay, so now that LeBron is in L.A., seems like he's trying to build another team there as well. It could just yeah, be that's going. or coincidence. Yeah, going. Maybe it's a think, coincidence. I don't right. like, so I don't understand why we're saying he's building the team. I feel like... Bruh, bruh. Right, let me, because I was, we were just having this conversation before. I'm going to tell you exactly what LeBron does. LeBron is a great thing for your organization, but equally as bad for your organization. And I'll tell you why. He will go there, get you a chip, and then as soon as things start getting a little rocky, he bounces. But when he bounces, he leaves that organization in a cesspool. Look Depleted. where Cleveland is at now. He literally like look well, where he uh, Miami's well, just coming back to you know playing at a decent level. And look the, where the, the Lakers the, is headed. The, 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 uh, all right. And um in Independence Day with Will Smith. Independence I'm, Day. I'm not having this slander. Remember how the ships was going from planet to planet, sucking up all <laughs> yeah. of the energy and the life in that planet, and then moving on to the and next one. On. That's what LeBron did. I'm sorry. Look what's happening in nah, LA right now. Nah, nah. All right. Look you what is what? happening to LA as we speak. You're witnessing. See where you hate they won going. their chip. They won where their the chip. Is going. Look so, what's happening. Listen, I didn't even know because I haven't been watching. But I was like, Westbrook is on the Lakers? Terrible. Terrible. Tragic. All right, so hold on. Tragic. So apparently I got to educate y'all on this bat on this oh, thing Lord. called basketball. Go. All right, first things first. The miseducation of LeBron James. Here we go. LeBron goes to Cleveland, right? They do whatever they got to do. He goes to Cleveland. Kyrie's there. Kevin Love comes. Great, fantastic, whatever. He stays in Cleveland for four years after having been there for seven. He was in Miami before. He's back in Cleveland for the next four. Now, they bring in Shumpert. Why? Because the New York Knicks Knicks were getting rid of him. Uh, J.R. Smith was a throw-in on the deal because they didn't want Shump. They didn't want J.R. They didn't want any of them. So they were like, all right, cool. If we could pick them up, that's easy pickings for me. All right. I'm I'm just telling you what what the Knicks. Remember that one play? It was just like, oh. Look, that look, he ain't been in the league since. Well, he was he got his chip with the Lakers. So that's whatever. But he ain't in the league now. He's in college right. playing golf. You know so, what? He's living his best life. So living my best life. 
JR and Shump come over to, to Cleveland. James Jones comes with him from Miami. Everything is fantastic. Kyrie's there. Kevin Love was there. We're doing our thing. We get a chip. Go to the finals for a few years. Whatever the case may be. His kids are living in L.A. because they go to school in L.A. Now, everybody kept saying... Why would they go to school in L.A. if their dad plays in Cleveland? Because... What do you mean? His son is a student. They're basketball stars. <laughs> his son is trying to be the next. When, when LeBron was playing for Cleveland, his sons were old enough to be basketball stars within like the high school, college. His arena? oldest son. His oldest son. Ronnie, right? Yeah. So he was in the AAU league because he was his oldest son was playing with Dwayne Wade's son as well, and I believe Sha- uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son. But they're all on the West Coast. So they were playing at, he was at one school, then he, I think he was at school with uh, Scottie Pippen's son, then he transferred to Sierra Canyon. So even though LeBron was on the East Coast, they were still on the West Coast. That's why I was kind of like, and he lives in LA every and, offseason. And it's, it was his LA mansion that somebody wrote the word nigger on, on the yeah. gate, right? Yeah. So that was, it was pretty much to some degree a done deal that it was like, hey, um, he's going back to LA. He only came back to Cleveland because he said he wanted to win a championship for Cleveland. So it was like, look, we're going back, get this done, and then we head out. Because Dan Gilbert and the whole thing that happened previously when he left, that was just – most people don't even believe that he should have went back to Cleveland with the way that it ended the first time and why he left. But he did. Those so. fans was disrespectful. And that just goes back to the same thing we were just talking about. Like – they got like how you sending i mean you posting videos of yourself burning his jersey yeah but i think too a lot of it is the amount of money that he generated for the city which i mean obviously does that doesn't really absolve you from you know misbehaving not misbehaving but behaving in that way but i just think for them it's kind of like yo this dude generates so much money for us and I wonder, I wonder how much he got, he got re- reciprocated for what he brought to the table. I mean, whatever he signed as a contract. Because he can't bring everything to the table and everybody else eating and he's starving. And I'm not saying he's starving for money. I'm talking about starving in other ways um, in his career and in his life. All of y'all eating off of me, sucking me dry. Ohio's got two things going for them right now. It's LeBron James and Dave Chappelle. Is it? It ain't nothing happening in Ohio. So I get it. I I understand why they were upset, but I mean, he can't really live his life around everybody else. So I get that. But him leaving, Kevin. Well, Kyrie left and did his own thing or whatever. He left. All the all those players that they brought in were still there. He left. Kevin Love was still there. I actually thought they were going to be good. They were. When he left Miami, Dwayne Wade was still there. Chris Bosh was still there. Mario Chalmers was still there. It was just him. I believe he left. Um, Rashard Lewis retired. Uh, I believe Ray Allen was contemplating retirement, which he ends up actually retiring. But the Miami Heat was still pretty much more than like 60 to 70% of what they had originally been. They just weren't good. I don't know why they weren't good. They just weren't. But that's I'm gonna the tell power you what happened. I'm gonna tell you what happened because clearly you think that um, somebody over here is dumb. Okay, so he left, went to another team, right? What happens is, 
how we do it, especially black folk. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make sure everything is good. And then I'm going to send for you. Now, if everything ain't good, I'm a cuckoo and you know, but I'm a go out there, you know, feel around and see how everything is. And then I'm a send for you. And that's what he did. Nah, man. He went out there. <laughs> okay. You, you don't, you don't want to believe it, but the proof is in the team. Team. What, what is it? I come to your team. I make you a household name. You were trash when I got here. I made you better. We were here. I left. You kept all the pieces that were here while I was here. Y'all couldn't win without me. I am going to Explain form the, the team LA that Lakers I roster. want. With rookie coaches every year. Explain the LA Lakers roster. That's you, Noe. Explain. Oh, that's easy. You have no money, so you got to get everybody in better minimum. That's easy. The LA roster? Yeah. They won the a West chip Brooklyn. and then cleaned house the very next season. They won a chip, but that's the problem. That's the hard. Keeping your team together after winning a championship is hard because everybody wants raises after they win. So, for example, if you sign, let's say you sign a two-year, let's say you sign a three-year deal, right, with third year as, an, as a player option. So you can opt in or you can choose to opt out and become a free agent. You win a championship in that second season. You're not opting into that third year because you need more money because you just won a championship. And if you were an integral part of that championship, you want more money. So, for example, you got a guy like Dennis Schroeder. It's like, hey, there's $85 million on the table right here for you. Take it. Nah, I'm good. Why? Uh, we had a playoff run. I think I did my thing, whatever the case would be, which he absolutely was horrible in the playoff run. He should have took the money, but he didn't. Now, what do the Lakers say? Bro, you are horrible in the playoffs. We're not giving you that $85 million. That's not on the table anymore. You passed it up. Kyle Kuzma got traded. KCP got traded. But after they won the championship, they all got paid. So it became a lot easier to trade them and get something greater, you know what I'm saying, for them than keeping them and paying them because then you wouldn't have had the money. If they kept all those players, they can't get a guy like Westbrook. However, I personally would have kept the players because not that I don't like Westbrook, I just didn't think he fit. Or if you're going to make a trade, trade for somebody else. But Westbrook was not their first option. He was the last option. They were trying to get Damian Lillard. That wasn't going to happen. They were trying to get DeMar DeRozan. That didn't work out. They were trying to get Buddy Heald. That didn't work out. Westbrook was the last available option. So you made that happen. Westbrook's from LA. You kind of thought maybe this thing can work. We'll see what happens. Then you got a guy like Melo. You know what I'm saying? He lives in LA. Him and LeBron have always wanted to play together for years. As a matter of fact, when it was Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh, it was supposed to be Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Melo. That's the bestie group right there, but Melo signed the five-year deal instead of the four plus the option when everybody else did the option. He was trying to secure the bag. I don't blame him for that, but that's just how that worked out. So now in LA, you have no money. You can't offer anything more than a mid-level exception and the veteran minimum. Therefore, you're not going to be able to get the best players in the league. So you have to keep the youth, the youth that you have and draft well. So you draft a guy like Reeves, you have THT, you trade away Kuzma, you trade away KCP, you lose Dennis Schroeder because you know what I'm saying he didn't pick, he didn't accept the option or the offer that they put forth on the table. And then you got to sign Melo, DeAndre Jordan, you trade for Westbrook, you bring you sign all those other veteran minimums. Everybody on the Lakers is playing for a veteran minimum contract. Now they got to wait for the buyout market 
As a matter of fact, Avery Bradley was on the Warriors. The Lakers signed him because he got waived by the Golden State. Got too many guards. You did your homework, huh? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, he really studies. <laughs> that was yeah. that was very articulate. Yes, yes, bravo. <coughs> bravo. You did that one, you did that. Stay tuned for scenes from the next episode of Up For Debate. Do you think that he knew, like, if I say he, They didn't have social media when Jordan was around. It's a different ballgame. No, game. but they, the had, they had televisions. But, yeah, but see, see, let's... The, 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 the dynamic wasn't the same. I, I, well, we're that family, and we want you to join our family and join the conversation. 